Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Mod Path Chat the official podcast of Modern Pathology, featuring interviews with authors and experts on the latest science, technology, and developments in the field of pathology. Your host, Dr. George Netto, is the editor-in-chief of Modern Pathology and the chair of pathology at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Here's Dr. Netto. Welcome to our special edition of Mod Path Chat. As you may or may not know, this week marks the completion of the first calendar year of our editorial group leading the Journal of Modern Pathology. I could not be more grateful for all the support from the literally hundreds of dedicated reviewers and all you, the talented contributing authors. Looking back, Modern Pass has had another banner year during this exceptionally challenging times. We received over 1,650 submissions from 57 countries around the world, reflecting our truly global outreach. All 237 manuscripts that we have published this year certainly enjoyed the highest level of scientific rigor and impact that you have come to expect from the Journal of the United States and Canadian Academy of Pathology. Given the limitation of time, of course, today I will share with you a brief summary of few studies that I selected from our 20 highest cited manuscripts. Not surprisingly, seven of these top 20 manuscripts reported on, what else, COVID-19. This includes the most cited manuscript of the year with over 260 citation already just in nine months. That one is the one I will start with first. Very early in the pandemic, actually in the third week of March, we were able to publish a study from the Wuhan University and the University of Chicago conducted by Dr. Tian, first author, and Drs. Liao and Xiao, senior authors. The authors report, reported on the feasibility and the value of using needle biopsy in the post-mortem setting. The study involved four patients who died in the Zongzhan Hospital in Wuhan. All patients had pre-existing condition that could have predisposed them to being infected with COVID. 
These conditions included a history of chronic lymphocytic leukemia, renal transplantation, hypertension, diabetes, and liver cirrhosis. The study was one of the first to detail the pathologic changes in the lung of COVID-19 patients. It highlighted the presence of the typical histologic features of DAD diffuse alveolar damage, including the identification of hyaline membranes, alveolar cell injury, and type 2 pneumocyte hyperplasia. Associated consolidation of air spaces as a result of fibroblastic organization was also described. The presence of mild lobular hepatitis, centrilobular sinusoidal dilatation in the liver biopsies, and mild cardiac fibrosis were also noted. But at the time, these were interpreted as being secondary to pre-existing conditions. Of course, we subsequently came to know the pervasive pan-organ affliction by COVID-19 and subsequent autopsy studies, some of which were also published in modern pathology. Next, I will discuss a study on DICER-1 gene alterations. This is a molecule that was the topic of three of the 20 most cited manuscripts this year. The study I selected for you is the one by Drs. Chernock and Rivera, co-first authors, and Dr. Yuri Nikiforov, senior author from University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, UPMC. The authors most eloquently characterize the clinical and molecular features of uh, a very rare entity uh, that is poorly differentiated thyroid carcinoma occurring in children and adolescents. So their cohort was younger than 21 years of age. They reported on six such tumors as defined by what's called the Turin diagnostic criteria. All cases underwent targeted next generation sequencing and whole exome analyses. Morphologically, the tumors displayed solid, insular, or trabecular growth pattern and featured high mitotic activity. Necrosis was also present uh, in the majority of cases, but not all of them. On the molecular level, five of six, over 80%, revealed somatic DICER-1 mutations. These were found uh, in the usual hotspots uh, that encodes the metal iron binding sites of the RNAs to be domain of DICER. Whole exome sequencing not only confirmed the presence of the hotspot mutations, but also detected in two of the tumors two additional DICER-1 alterations, including one that was germline in nature. And I emphasize that was a germline variant. This finding of a germline DICER-1 variant unveiled that poorly differentiated thyroid cancer in childhood uh, could be a component of DICER-1 syndrome and thus should prompt the recommendation for family genetic counseling in this setting. Interestingly, none of the genetic alterations that are typically found in adult thyroid tumors, such as uh, mutations in BRAF gene, RAS, TERT gene, and the RET-PTC fusions, 
None of these were detected uh, in uh, this uh, pediatric tumor. Again, highlighting the distinct genetic nature of poorly differentiated thyroid carcinoma of this age group compared to their adult counterparts. Moving on to our third paper to discuss today. Two of the, again, 20 highly cited manuscript reported on NTRUC. So NTRUC stands for neurotrophic receptor tyrosine kinase, and it comes in three flavors, NTRUC1, NTRUC2, and NTRUC3. I chose a study conducted by Dr. Yu Xian Kao from Taipei Medical University in Taiwan, and uh, my friend Dr. Christina Antonowski from Memorial uh, Sloan Kettering to discuss. So in this study, the authors investigated a large cohort, 35 cases, of B-core family of tumors looking for NTRUC upregulation, both at the messenger RNA by RNA-seq and protein level, protein level by IHC. In a way of background, B-core family of tumors are tumors harboring either B-core, which stands for BCL6 corepressor, or YWHAE, tyrosine 3 monooxygenase, tryptophan 5 monooxygenase activation protein epsilon, let's stick to YWHAE, genetic alteration. So these family of tumors, although they're called B-core family of tumors, they can have alterations either in B-core or uh, YWHAE. They include really a hodgepodge of undifferentiated sarcomas at various age and various anatomic sites. So probably having the only thing in common, a spindle to round cell morphology and a positive expression by IHC for B-core protein, hence the name of this group of tumors. Molecularly, that B-core overexpression uh, and this great, uh, group of tumor is driven by a multitude of either, again, B-core or YWHAE gene promiscuous fusions with several partners, uh, too many to name. Another mechanism that can lead to B-core uh, expression in this group of tumor, in this group of tumor, is the occurrence of what's called B-core internal tandem duplication or B-core ITD uh, uh, within the B-core gene. Example of tumors in this B-core group are undifferentiated round cell sarcoma in infants, primitive myxoid mesenchymal tumor of infancy, PMMTI is, uh, uh, is dubbed that way, clear cell sarcoma of kidney, and uh, uterine high-grade endometrial sarcoma. So, and there are many, many others that we cannot uh, discuss all of them today. The authors found cytoplasmic pan truck expression. And, and the reason is the amino marker, the immunostochemistry assay detects any of the NTRUC 1, 2, or 3. So it's a pan truck expression. And in this group of tumors, they found uh, 67 to almost 100%, depending on which location and which tumor we're dealing with, were expressing uh, cytoplasmically uh, NTRUC. They were able, of course, to 
dissect further and show that the positivity for NTRUC was on the account of NTRUC 3 overexpression, not NTRUC 1 and 2. And that they achieved using uh, showing mRNA upregulation for uh, NTRUC 3 using RNA-seq. The findings are poten of potential therapeutic significance given uh, the recent success of NTRUC inhibitor. An example is a larotrectinib. Uh, these inhibitors have had some success in treating a wide array of solid tumors that harbor NTRUC fusions. Bring to your attention again, these B-core tumors don't have NTRUC fusions, but to have NTRUC overexpression. So we'll see if, if uh, the uh, treatment is a potential here with NTRUC inhibitor. And the tumors that usually have the fusions and have been found to be responsive include salivary gland tumor, lung, GI, and uh, CNS tumors. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So let's switch gears again uh, to our four topics. Vulvar squamous cell carcinoma was the subject of two highly cited manuscripts this year. The challenges around the classification and the molecular uh, underpinning of a subset of vulvar squamous cell carcinoma, namely the HPV-independent subtype, and their precursors were tackled uh, by a great study that I selected to review today by Dr. Basile Tessier-Coutier and Dr. Lin Huang from the University of British Columbia in Canada. The issue is of import given the increased frequency and poor outcome of this subtype of HPV-independent vulvar squamous cell carcinoma, which usually occur in aging population and now with the HPV being under control, uh, type being under somewhat under control with the uh, adaptation of vaccination, uh, this becoming a more of an issue. So far, three precursor lesions have been proposed uh, for the HPV independent 
and the names are a little bit uh, challenging, so bear with me. Uh, the first one is called the differentiated vein, uh, vulvar intraactylian neoplasia, so the differentiate, differentiated vein or D-vein. Uh, the second is vulvar acanthosis with altered differentiation, so the eponym is VAAD or VAD. And the third is differentiated exophytic vulvar intraepithelial lesion, uh, and uh, the acronym is uh, cutely uh, uh, translated into DEVIL, D-E-V-I-L. So DEVIN, VAD, and DEVIL. While the DVIN, uh, which is a differentiated VIN, display a high rate of P53 mutation, the other two, the VOD and the DEVIL, have been consistently shown to be P53 wild type. That's the significance of that, that you do not, while you can use P53 immunohistochemistry to uh, nail a lesion as DVIN, that's not an option, uh, it seems, for DEVIL and VOD. And that's further complicating their difficult and inconsistent morphologic recognition by normal pathologists like myself. Assessing 74 samples, let's go back to the study, they, they analyzed 74 samples. They confirmed the lack of uh, that these are indeed precursors uh, of uh, HPV independent by their lack of P16 immunoreactivity. So they did uh, selected cases from all three precursors type that I've listed and all of them were P16 uh, negative on IRC. They also found a high around 80% rate of P53 mutation in the DVIN category, the differentiated VIN category. More importantly, this was also true in lesions that even the experts in British Columbia were not sure that they fit DVIN uh, category. So they called them question mark DVIN or uh, suspicious for DVIN uh, because they lacked that typical significant acanthosis and they had a lot of obscuring inflammation. And we all know that's that's a case a lot of time on frozen section and, and then you're trying to decide is this a a precursor or not uh, uh, and, and uh, we're in trouble. So while basal cell atypia was the only reliable feature predicting the presence of p53 mutation, the authors recommend that in such setting, again, where you're questioning DVIN and you're not sure is it really differentiated DVIN uh, or not, uh, DVIN or not, to do p53 in all such lesions suspicious for DVIN particularly if you're dealing with a lesion close to the margin or at the margin of recession. Why is that important? Because uh, if left behind, these precursors are known to progress rapidly into invasive uh, vulvar cancer. So on the other hand, the other two subtypes, the DEVIL and the VOD, uh, were negative for P53 again in this study. Uh, but they were found to harbor other alterations by uh, the molecular analysis that the authors performed. And these alterations uh, were mainly in the mTOR pathway, PIK3CA, and uh, HRAS, and thus opening the door for a molecular uh, ancillary testing that can help us uh, in this morphologically uh, difficult 
entities. So stay tuned to see if uh, we can nail the devil with these molecular entities. And finally, the fifth category of topics I just want to briefly mention and refer you to another podcast. These were highly cited uh, studies that revolved around the utilization of AI and computational pathology. And that's good news because we're trying in the journal to to start uh, bringing to you more and more of these studies uh, that are uh, applicable to our field. So the studies that were highly cited uh, were involved computational pathology or AI uh, used uh, to assure better reproducibility of biomarkers assessment uh, as companion diagnostics and also to enhance our diagnostic accuracy uh, in our practice of anatomic pathology. Manuscripts such as the one by Patricia Rassiti from Memorial uh, Sloan Kettering on the enhanced detection of prostate cancer uh, in whole slide imaging of needle biopsies, and another manuscript from the group uh, by Yale, uh, that, that, that study was on determining the minimum number of observer that is needed uh, to achieve acceptable reproducibility if you're assessing PDL1 uh, in uh, triple negative breast cancer. Those uh, that study uh, came up with what's called the honest computational model, O-N-E-S-T, uh, as, uh, as, as a way to, in clinical trials, uh, to identify how, uh, how few, what is the fewest number of observers needed, so going forward, uh, that marker could be reproducibly used. These were two great examples of such studies, and there are many I refer you to read. Uh, for a great discussion on that latter study from Yale, I refer you to our first ModPass chat episode back in September 1st of this year, uh, where I had the uh, great opportunity to discuss with Dr. David Rim, the senior author of the study, uh, his, his exciting study. I hope you found this summary uh, of, of use. And so here we are. 2020 has finally came, come to an end. Uh, I would say good riddance. On the other hand, it has been a great pleasure to have you as my audience during our inaugural year of ModPass chat series. I wish all of you and your loved ones a most blessed and safe holiday season and a wonderful upcoming New Year's. Cheer to 2021. Thank you. Any opinions expressed in this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views of modern pathology, Springer Nature, UAB, or USCAP. Your ModPath chat host and scientific director is Dr. George Netto. Producers are Christina Crow, Amber Jackson, Dr. Sarah Jang, and Dr. Catherine Ketchum. Technical direction is provided by Kaminsky Productions, music by Mitch Neubauer. Thanks to the authors, reviewers, and editors of Modern Pathology for making this podcast possible.